Hello, this is Dr. Ron from Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored, here on Blog Talk Radio. We are here each and every Tuesday at 4 p.m., bringing you the latest medical commentary. We will bring you very interesting guests. We can be reached at 347-989-8899 or, of course, on the Internet at blogtalkradio.com. I thank you for making this the number one listen to medical program here in South Florida. And we will get on with the show very shortly. Thank you. Good afternoon, everyone. Dr. Ron here with on this show of Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored. Our 210th show since 2013, but this is the first time, ladies and gentlemen, that I am bringing it to you from a cellular phone. Uh, we do not have any Internet service in my community as of this morning, uh, so this is going to be a little bit of a challenge because I, I prepare all my notes on the uh, Internet. But we'll get through it. And uh, before we do, though, let's uh, keep the lawyers happy and tell you that this program contains general medical information. The medical information heard on this program is not advice and should not be treated as such. The information is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. You should never delay seeking medical advice, disregard medical advice, or discontinue medical treatment because of information heard on this program. You are encouraged to confirm any information obtained from this program with other sources and review all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician. Ladies and gentlemen, today we're going to talk about sleep and how it affects your health because we need to look beyond sleep apnea when it comes to cardiovascular disease, uh, both its morbidity and its mortality. And it's been discovered and reported that most patients without sleep apnea but with cardiovascular disease or stroke may complain of poor sleeping or chronic insomnia. So we're going to be talking about this uh, a, little, uh, a little later in the program. Uh, I want to introduce Dr. Jerry Smith, our uh, co-host. As I said, he came on as a, uh, as a uh, contributor, uh, but just stayed here, and he, he just added so much to the program. So let's uh, get Dr. Uh, Jerry Smith. Hi, Dr. Jerry. Good afternoon. Good to you, too, and um, we're going to have a great program because I've got some good information for you. Excellent. And, you know, uh, I, uh, I'm i doing this from my cell phone, so if I seem a little disjointed or something, it's because my eyes can't read this small thing. But I have all my notes, so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go on with this and get it going. Uh, and I want to talk, first of all, about decision-making. I want to tell you about experiences I've had the past couple of weeks uh, going to physicians, both with my wife and a, and a, and a friend, and uh, just... Uh, editorialize about what I think is happening with medicine. Uh, you know, ladies and gentlemen, as we get older, we uh, getting older and wiser should mean that we are now better decision makers, wouldn't you think? But there's one very important area where we're all falling pretty short, and those, those age-improved skills, okay, and that's when it comes to agreeing to any and all medical tests and treatment that your doctor orders. 
So we should know better, but we seem to just go along with them. Be it antibiotics, blood work, a CT scan, an MRI scan, or anything else modern medicine doctors uh, have to offer. Very often it's overdone, and I'm beginning to believe what I've been preaching, that it is really unnecessary. And the worst part of it is it can kill you. I want to talk to you about Bobby Joe. Uh, she's like a million of others. She suffers from chronic back pain, and she followed her doctor's orders exactly, submitting to numerous MRIs to try and find the problem. Right? That's the doctor says, I don't know what's wrong with you, but let's get an MRI. Suddenly she started getting an overall twitching that wouldn't stop, as well as a rash. Then came symptoms that were similar to multiple sclerosis and lupus. Well, ladies and gentlemen, guess what? It turned out she had been poisoned by the MRI contrasting agent that contained the toxic metal gadolinium. Now, we talked a little bit about this a few months ago, and uh, we'll bring it up again in a couple of weeks. But practically all of those MRIs she now knows were entirely unnecessary. But MRIs are far from the only risky, excessive, and expensive medical tests that patients are told they must take. And most of the time, it seems like having one or more, heck, look, look, it can't hurt, right? It's only an MRI. Plus, your doctor really needs them to find out what your problem is. That's what he's telling you anyway. That's the medical myth that uh, the American Board of Internal Medicine hopes uh, uh, to stop with its Choosing Wisely campaign. What the, the Internal Medicine Board does is ask for recommendations from specialty medical groups that may enable you to avoid the most unnecessary and overused tests and treatments in their field of practice. The most recent list is just out of the American Urological Association and includes, uh, for example, that uh, test that you should sound, you should be familiar with. One is uh, the uh, the low risk localized cancer prostate cancer. Let that it not be treated. Okay, you don't need proton pump if it's a low risk localized prostate cancer. But they they were trying to make patients fully aware of this option in doing active surveillance. Another is to ditch the risky class of antibiotics called fluoroquinolones. They include Cipro and Levaquin. And it, it's incredible how I see here in South Florida how women go to the emergency room for a bladder infection. They're given Cipro. They're given Levaquin. The American Urological Association also is giving the common sense recommendation not to continue any opioids beyond the immediate post-op period. And some common sense is probably what's missing the way most doctors work today. For example, a specialist may very well routinely subject you to unnecessary doses of radiation, although small radiation doses are cumulative. Experts advise that if you'll be seeing multiple doctors about the same condition, find out if their offices will ex accept existing x-rays ordered by other physicians or hospitals. That may save you having to take all of them over again and, of course, be a lot safer. Okay, so there are good reasons uh, to have medical procedures, so no doubt about it, but try uh, to uh, cut through the fog and use this Choosing Wisely campaign from the American Board of Internal Medicine. And the, the uh, Internal Medicine Board uh, suggests you ask these five simple questions the next time you go to your doctor and he, he wants to make plans for you to have testing. Number one, do I really need this test? 
Do I really need this procedure? Number two, what are the risks? Number three, is there a simpler, is there a safer option? Number four, what happens if I don't do anything? And number five, how much does it cost and will my insurance cover it? As I said in the beginning, this Miss Bobby Joe, she learned the hard way after receiving all those unneeded MRIs. If you don't ask the right questions, there can often be terrible consequences, and she now tells her friends, quote, before you take any medicine or get any procedure, stop and think. And I've been telling you, you are the CEO of your own body. You're the chief executive officer. You're entitled to know exactly what your risks and benefits are of anything you're being asked to do. So, ladies and gentlemen, that goes along with what I found, I discovered this past couple of weeks in going to a, a cardiologist's office. I learned that you go in, they ask you for your social security number, which uh, that, that has problems on its own, uh, and they ask you what medicines you're taking. And I, one, the one person I went uh, with that started giving off names of vitamins she takes, and the nurse gave her such a look, uh, like, like she was uh, committing murder by taking vitamins. Okay, then you wait a while, and the nurse takes your blood pressure through your through your uh, clothing without even rolling up your sleeve. Then the doctor comes in, and he says, "Oh, I see you're taking this medicine. Uh, I see you're taking these vitamins. Do you really need them? What are you, what are they doing for you?" Oh, okay. So you're on a beta blocker. You're on a Plavix. You're on uh, uh, ACE inhibitor. You're on all these other drugs. Oh, that's no problem. You haven't any problem, and he listens to your heart and lungs through all your clothing. You don't get on an examining table, and not at least the two times I was there, neither patient got on the examining table. He says, you're okay, just continue on with your medications. Ladies and gentlemen, we're in deep trouble in medicine. Uh, when physicians uh, get three to four hours of nutrition training and no vitamin and mineral training, uh, but they get a lot of pressure from the pharmaceutical companies to prescribe drugs. It's okay for these patients to take five and six different medications, but, oh, my God, if they take some vitamins, uh, you know, they, they, they would, uh, the doctor would just as soon fire them. They don't want to hear it. And, got, and don't ask a question because they don't want to be bothered with questions. So what do you do? Well, uh, I want you to listen to Dr. Smith and I here on Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored. We don't have all the answers, but we're going to give you some ideas of what should be done. Uh, you just cannot take advice from mainstream medical physicians, ladies and gentlemen. They're good. They're well, uh, I think their their heart's in the right place, but they're just not trained to be a holistic-looking physician, looking at the whole person. Uh, they're not trained in proper physical diagnosis. They're relying on tests, and these tests have consequences. Elections have consequences, and so do tests. And tests... Uh, are ordered just to be just to protect uh, themselves, not so much to even diagnose a problem, because a lot of times they misdiagnose a problem because of these tests. I told you last week about an 83-year-old woman that was put on a statin drug, developed Parkinson's disease from the drug. 
develop all kinds of deficiencies. Uh, that is my story, ladies and gentlemen. Just a, a little bit because it's it's really serious what's going on in 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 my my chosen profession. It's really changed a lot. And uh, boy, I tell you, it really it just uh, exhausts me, ladies and gentlemen, to talk about this because. Uh, it should be better than this. We we spend the most medicine in the whole world, and yet we rank toward the bottom in mortality and morbidity. And and because of all these drugs, do you know, ladies and gentlemen, that there are 2,460 deaths each week in the United States from drugs? The fourth leading cause of death is tied with stroke. About 330,000 patients a year die from prescription drugs in the United States and Europe. They cause an epidemic of about 20 times more hospitalizations annually. They cause falls, road accidents. Look at look look at uh, Tiger Woods recently. A DUI for for drugs, not alcohol, and all the other problems they cause. Okay, hobble productivity, and uh, they impair your ability to care for others. Death and, death and adverse effects from over-medication errors and self-medication probably increases these figures because it's not all reported. Okay, I'm going to give Dr. Jerry a chance to say something, then we're going to introduce our subject today, which is sleep disorders, which is really, really interesting. <coughs> interesting yesterday also that the Drudge Report had an article on it, which I'll tell you about in a second. In the meantime, let me just take a second here and then and uh, talk to Dr. Jerry. Well, thank you. I, I always thought it was your mother that wanted you to, to choose medicine, not you. <laughs> uh, I'm Italian. My son, the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> My Jewish friends, they, I heard that a lot. <laughs> right. <laughs> My son, the doctor. My son, the doctor. Anyway, um, yeah, I put together a very interesting article, and I think it segues right in with what we're talking about, and it was seven reasons why today's conventional medicine is obsolete, and you've touched on a few of them, but just to reiterate, um, you know, the impression or the illusion that's put out there is that, you know, when you go into the doctor, you're getting the gold standard in the healthcare industry, and unfortunately, it falls really far from the truth, and, you know, the old... German minister of propaganda, Joseph Goebbels, always said that uh, it was reported that he told Hitler, he says, if you tell big enough lie long enough, people will believe it. And he says, if you continue to tell the same lies, you'll believe it in a couple of days, too. So uh, that's where it all kind of emanates from. Um, just looking at certain basics, you know, you go in to get blood tests. Well, what does a blood test tell you? Well, it just tells you basically something's out of whack. But it really does not tell you what the underlying problem is. You know, perfect example, we had a patient that had a swollen liver for 27 years and his alkaline phosphatase was elevated. So they wanted to do a liver transplant. Imagine that, 27 years swollen liver, raised alkaline phosphatase, and they want to cut his liver out and put him on immune suppressive drugs for the rest of his life. So he, he didn't buy into that narrative. So his wife brought him in to me, and when I energetically tested him, he had benzene and hepatitis B in his liver. Seven months later, on a nutritional program, removed those two offending initiators. 
the alkaline phosphate taste goes back to normal and no more swollen liver. That was well over six years ago. So blood tests, you know, there was a study done, I think it was 2,300 autopsy reports, and they analyzed from the tests. And it showed that laboratory tests were 11% accurate in making a definitive diagnosis. The most important was, I think, taking a good medical history. That accounted for, I think, was 76% accuracy. So, you know, the testing is just to generate a lot of income and to cover their uh, their backsides, literally, medical legally, but it doesn't really give you an answer. It just says, well, something's out of whack. Um, second other major uh, illusion in medicine is cancer treatment. <clears throat> there was a, a results out of Australia, uh, I think it was back in 2002, Two, I think it was, or 203. 203 was in August, <clears throat> where they showed that chemotherapy is 97% failure rate. 97% failure rate. That, I mean, that just blows me away. And yet they touted it as being, you know, the gold standard that uh, there's nothing better on the scene. Uh, but in reality, again, they're just throwing a toxic chemical at your body, and it's a race between killing you and killing the cancer. You know, a perfect example, we had a, a woman, in fact, she was in today, she had lung cancer, they cut the tip of her lung off, <clears throat> and six months later, the cancer came back in the other lung, on the upper portion. She had refused chemo initially, and she refused any, you know, invasive type of procedures, and when I analyze her pathology slide energetically, which is like off the chart, you know, from traditional medicine. They can't wrap their head around frequencies. She had a pesticide, mercury, and cytomegalovirus. In six months, treating those three offending initiators, her cancer disappeared. So this is not maybe if. You have to zero in like a laser-guided bomb, go after the cause. Otherwise, you're just throwing darts at the patient, and maybe you'll get lucky, but maybe you won't. Uh, drug therapy, again, um, you know, we, we've been harping on the statins for months. They keep lowering the cholesterol levels for so-called normal, which is absurd. And it's all done as a farce to just generate prescriptions for statin drugs. I mean, that's all it is. Normal should be 200 to 250. I mean, I worked with a dentist a number of years ago. His whole family had cholesterol levels of 350. No heart problems. Cholesterol is not the disease. It's a reaction. The body's just reacting exactly right. <clears throat> yeah, to toxins or stress or, um, inflammation. you know, if you're... Exactly, inflammation. <clears throat> so the key in the equation is don't be afraid to ask your doctor, what's really the underlying cause? And then you'll look, uh, he turns peak it after a while and it gets embarrassed and then they don't, want to, they don't want you in the practice anymore, which is good because you really should fire them if, if that's their attitude. It's just uh, crazy. And, uh, you know, all the adverse side effects from the statins we've been talk harping on this reduces your sex drive, uh, depletes coenzyme Q10, causes breakdown of muscle tissue, cataracts, fatigue, liver and kidney problems, type 2 diabetes, dementia. I mean, other than that, it's a wonderful Parkinson's. drug. Parkinson's. Yeah, Parkinson's. Parkinson's, exactly. Or a degenerative disease, <clears throat> sure. Yeah, it ages your cells. So who the heck needs it? Also, contaminated vaccines. You know, back in 1990, 
Judy uh, Mikovits blew the whistle. She and about 20 other scientists discovered that when they were producing these vaccines on chicken embryos, they were being contaminated with retroviruses. And the retroviruses were linked to uh, all kinds of, uh, you know, prostate cancer, lymphoma, and neurodevelopmental disorders, chronic fatigue. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, Absolutely nuts. She, excuse me, blew the whistle. What they did, they threw her in jail and they bankrupt her. The CDC and the FDA kept their mouth shut because they didn't want to have to discard millions of dollars worth of vaccines or spook the population because they knew that if the people woke up to these contaminated vaccines, they'd refuse all future ones until there was proof that they were safe and clean. So this is how, you know, corrupt uh, our system is on this stuff. Also, let me let me let me just 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 accentuate what you just said about vaccines, because I read something about the uh, vaccine manufacturers. They never ship one lot to one area. They On break purpose. up the lot and yeah. and do fifty different lots, so that if there's a problem, it, they it, they they try not. They, if they had just shipped a lot to Pennsylvania, then a hundred people got autism. Well, that that would raise a red flag. But if one person in every state gets it, they cover their butts. Very yeah, they dilute the year results. Yep. Yeah, I mean, um, it's just really criminal how they manipulate all these numbers. Um, also, the whole autoimmune uh, scene. This is another scam in medicine. Um, the body, in its infinite wisdom, does not attack a healthy organ or tissue. It just doesn't make sense. Uh, I know I mentioned previously my own daughter had uh, Hashimoto's, and uh, I've seen it with other patients, too. When she told her doctor, the endocrinologist, that her dad was going to treat her, he said it doesn't work using alternative methods. But he didn't know who he was messing with. She basically had Epstein-Barr virus from high school where she had chronic fatigue problems for you know over a year, and it was still in her thyroid. The bottom line is when I tested her, it tested positive, and the two ingredients that tested positive against it was noni and ionic silver. And I lent her my Rife machine, and three months later, her thyroid was 100% normal. But the doctor didn't have enough uh, humanity to find out what, what was really going on because they don't want to hear the truth. God, God forbid they should help their other patients. <clears throat> Congestive heart failure. Here's another simple, easy problem to reverse, except that medicine, you know, they have their heads in the sand because they're not looking at the underlying problem. Uh, My dad, I kept alive for 13 years with congestive heart failure. And uh, unfortunately, uh, the docs actually killed him uh, because he developed throat cancer and and the oncologist said, oh, you have to stop taking your vitamins because it's going to make your cancer grow faster. Uh, Anyway, the bottom line is, the heart is a muscle. It just works harder than any other muscle in the body. And if it doesn't have the right nutrients, guess what? It's going to poop out on you. And taking statin drugs and lowering your CoQ10 is one way of fostering congestive heart failure. I know I had one patient that's on my website under my case studies. Ten years the doctor had on digoxin. And she was getting progressively worse. And when she walked into my office, I thought she was going to drop dead in the reception room. She was huffing and puffing. And when I tested her, 
she needed five vitamins, Ron, five simple vitamins. At the end of a week, she had no more congestive heart failure. So they called the primary physician to tell him, and guess what his response was? The drugs finally kicked in after 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> you believe yeah. that? Um, uh, they, just, they just, you know, I, at, at this point, you know, there, there are, there is a place for pharmaceuticals, but the whole idea should be to get to the underlying cause so you get them off of the pharmaceuticals. Well, you know, it's interesting that you brought that point up because with my dad, he was on in an experimental group, and he was on the uh, propafenone and a few other, uh, you know, experimental drugs back in the 80s. And when I called the pharmaceutical company to ask him what's the life expectancy on these meds, they told me two years. Well, four years later, my dad's the only one who was alive out of the experimental group. And I said to his cardiologist, don't you want to know what I have my dad on? He said, no. Didn't want to know. But we had another uh, patient. He was in hospice waiting to die. I mean, you don't. it's like one foot on the banana peel and one in the grave when you're in hospice. And his, his daughter was the head cardiac nurse over in a hospital in Jersey, and she checked them out. They, they, they tried to throw her in jail because they were going to lose, what's it, $350 a day in hospice? They were going to lose that income. So they were ticked off. She brings them over to my office. I look at the panoramic radiograph of his mouth. Uh, oh, my God. It looked like a war zone. He had uh, root canals and metal crowns and uh, just fillings, infections. And this is where his congestive heart failure was coming from. They knew this stuff back in the 30s. It's nothing so revolutionary. So I put him on 80 vitamins a day. I don't think he had to eat, to be honest with you. He was taking so many supplements. But at the end of seven months, he had no more congestive heart failure. I mean, he lived for, I think it was six years, and then the the docs killed him. They they switched his meds. They took him off the digoxin, and they put him on Coreg, which had a side effects of throwing blood clots. That's what killed him. The guy, if he would have stayed on his digoxin and cut the, the dosage down, he'd be alive today. But now these geniuses have to use the latest, greatest, uh, you know, new new drug on the block. The last thing it's a, it's a, was, at that point before you get to your last point, yeah. that is a sad point. Uh, that's why I do like the term complementary medicine. If they would just work with physicians who are experienced in, yeah, and 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 work together, there's no there's nothing to lose and everything to gain. Yeah, there's no one magic bullet out there. And like right. with my dad, with his congestive heart failure, I was able to reduce his his arrhythmia medications down by 75%. So, you know, he had a better quality of life. We couldn't get him, you know, below that because his heart would start to go into arrhythmia. But this is where you can integrate the best of both exactly. worlds. It's exactly. just too too damn simple. Um, yeah, and the last uh, issue is dissemination of false information. Uh, unfortunately, the medical establishments replete with instances of disinformation. Uh, and they do it on purpose to confuse the public. Primary example is the statement, homeopathy is a pseudoscience, and its remedies have been found to be no more effective than placebo. Well, it's very interesting to note that the royal family has supported homeopathy for generations, and there's still a court homeopathic physician, Peter Fisher. Okay, the guy who's clinical director and director of research at the Royal London Hospital for Integrated Medicine. You know, the bottom line is even Dr. Fisher says homeopathy is safe, it's popular with patients, and it reduces the need for antibiotics. 
here's a guy with impeccable credentials. The royal family believes in it and uses it. So how, how pseudoscience can it be? And also in the um, uh, British Medical Journal, Dr. Fisher wrote, he further stated that alternative therapies were often misunderstood and questioned research, which suggested they only work through a placebo effect. Well, this is nonsense. You know, there's governments today that are using homeopathy to prevent, treat, and uh, break epidemics within their countries. Some of the examples, the Indian government controls epidemics of malaria, Japanese encephalitis, dengue fever, and epidemic fever with homeopathy. The Cuban government now depends on homeopathy to manage its uh, leprosy. Uh, and epidemics and dengue fever. The Brazilian government funded two large trials that successfully reduced the incidence of meningitis, meningococcal. So, you know, this stuff is not airy-fairy. You know, the, the Thai government and also in Colombia and Brazil use homeopathy to manage dengue fever and outbreaks and other epidemics. So there's there's a history that just that they dumb the people down. They use mind control, you know, phrases like conspiracy theorists or placebo effect or pseudoscience to derail your your thinking process. But anyway, you know, this is what's going on in medicine. And uh, the sooner that the population wakes up and starts asking the right questions, like uh, Dr. Ron was just mentioning, the healthier you're going to be and the longer you're going to stay on the planet. So that's my two cents worth. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you got a nickel's worth out of his two cents, so you did good. So, uh, you know, and, and before uh, we we go on to our, our subject that we advertise, I just, hey, Dr. Smith is right on the ball, on the on the money, uh, because not, not to get into the specifics, but there's a physicians now questioning research published in major medical journals like the New England Journal of Medicine and the Journal of the American Medical Association. And these physicians... Uh, let me see if I can summarize this. They're exposing fraudulent research, and they suggest they say that baseline distributions reported in dozens of clinical trial publications are improbable, which means they're, they're, the controlled studies are flawed. Okay, and we we can talk more about this at at, at another time. But you know, just uh, let me week, interject this. Yeah. yeah, I just want to just say this one quick thing. Andrew Wakefield, impeccable researcher was saying that he you know he believes in vaccines but giving MMR altogether measles mumps rubella in one vaccine overloads the system in aluminum and you have all kinds of neurological you know problems in autism his research was published in the lancet which is a very prestigious british journal the fda forced the uk government to retract his article they character assassinated this guy they destroyed him professionally and of some years later, there were 28 independent research studies that validated Andrew Wakefield's original research that he published. And here was good, solid research, and they pulled it because of political reasons. And he was validated by 28 independent researchers. And and the fellow that from the CDC, uh, Thompson, I think it was, William Thompson, That's right, Dr. Thompson. <clears throat> blew the whistle and, and then admitted that you know uh, Wakefield's research was valid, and that he was basically told, instructed to character assassinate the guy. So this is what the heck's really going on. Yeah, and they, they destroyed. 
No, no, that, that's, that's, that's important that they know that uh, the CDC asked Dr. Thompson to destroy the evidence and the studies that showed that Dr. Wakefield was, was right. And he is a whistleblower, yep. ladies and gentlemen. He's a whistleblower. Yep. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you've been listening to Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored with Dr. Jerry Smith. We're here every Tuesday at uh, four thirty at four o'clock, and uh, we are here for an hour, an hour and a half, as long as it takes. Uh, today, uh, I'm, I'm happy that I'm continuing here on my cell phone. I have never done this in the, uh, since 2013, but we're, it seems like we're getting out okay. Uh, you, if you don't have access to an internet and Block Talk Radio, and you want to have your friends listen in, they can call in at three four seven nine eight nine eight eight nine nine three four seven nine eight nine eight eight nine nine. If you get a chance, ladies and gentlemen, like us on Facebook, Doctor Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored. And if you care to drop us a line at docronradio at gmail.com, Don Ron, doc, D-O-C, ronradio at gmail.com. We'd be glad to uh, respond to your uh, uh, suggestion for topics that you want covered. Uh, we, I know I did get some emails uh, about male enhancement, and we will get uh, our pharmacists on here, to, and we will talk about that. But next week, ladies and gentlemen, uh, through Dr. Um, Jerry Smith, we have a uh, a guest, uh, Janet Doman. Uh, she's the uh, uh, founder and director of the Institute. Uh, let's see, what's the name of that Institute? The Human Jerry. Potential Institute yeah. for Achievement uh, for, uh, for the Achievement of Human Potential. Uh, the institute is internationally known for its pioneering work in child brain development. The objectives of the institute is to help all children achieve intellectual, physical, and social excellence. The institute. Is in, in in all over the world. It's in Australia, Russia, Singapore, Mexico, Japan, Italy, and home base in Philadelphia. Uh, I think there's going to be a really interesting uh, uh, guest next week who who really can uh, uh, bring a lot to children that are that that uh, have some deficiencies, even ADA, attention deficit disorder. She she's been doing. Uh, I'll let Dr. Uh, Smith t- tell you more, but I will tell you that I did know her father when I was at Crozier Chester Medical Center in the uh, 60s and 70s, and uh, he did some magnificent work in those times. Well, you know, it it, it just warms my heart. I, I volunteer my services uh, working on these brain-damaged children. In fact, um, I'm leaving to go to uh, Tuscany uh, in, in two weeks, uh, and I work with uh, – uh, a brilliant uh, orthopedic surgeon. He's also a chiropractor, nutritionist, and acupuncturist, Adolfo Panfili. And we get along great. But, you know, we work with these brain-damaged children. Uh, some of them are vaccine damage. Some of them are you know, auto accidents, whiplash-type injuries. Some of them were, you know, uh, in the birth canal, the suffocating with the cords wrapped around their necks and stuff. But um, we've had some, you know, positive input with these children and um to the point where like one child i know in the in the winmore uh facility uh just they couldn't uh segue him into the program because he was uncontrollable and i used a cyber scan on this child it took six months but we changed his brain pattern with frequencies and the child then was able to be integrated into the regular program. I mean, you know, you're going to bring a quality of life to this little kid that, you know, was just floundering and just uncontrollable. So it's really fun to 
work with these children because we see uh, children with in infections and, you know, the antibiotics don't work all the time and we use oregano and some other natural antibiotics. And we had one young girl, she had a lung operation and she still had residual infections. And between Dr. Panfili and myself, with a handful of nutrients, we got rid of the child's infection in the lungs and, you know, brought back uh, you know, peace in the family and just a qu better quality of life. So, to me, it, it makes life worth living, and, um, you know, you got to give back. you got to leave this place a little bit better off than you found it, and that's what life's all about. Excellent. I think, ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, you, this, this will be a show worth uh, your time. And, you know, all of our shows, ladies and gentlemen, are archived. So if you go to Blog Talk Radio and just put in Dr. Ron, or uh, you'll, you'll come up to our archive shows and there's two i think there's 220 of them right now wow and uh you know if you want to listen to one on statins or the couple of the ones we did on mercury and we've done we did we've done lyme disease we've done fibromyalgia uh you know especially when since dr smith has been here we, we've had a lot of interesting topics so yeah they're all there for your listening pleasure ladies and gentlemen sleep disturbances let's get on with it because i can't believe time is going by here Endemic in the United States, 40% of adults report unintentionally falling asleep during the day. 5% reporting report nodding off while driving. More critical than DUIs, ladies and gentlemen. 45% of teens also don't get enough sleep on school nights, and 25% report falling asleep in class at least once a week. Ladies and gentlemen, lack of sleep has ramifications that go far beyond not feeling fully awake and refreshed during the day. There's a price to pay in terms of health, both short and long term. I told you in the beginning how it's associated with cardiovascular and cerebral vascular disease. A number of studies also have linked poor sleep or lack of sleep to an increased risk of Alzheimer's disease. And one of the reasons for this has to do with the fact that your brain's waste removal system only operates during sleep, and we'll get more into that. But I do want to read to you uh, something, that, an editorial that I read, and I'm going to read it verbatim from, from uh, Melissa Harrison. It sounds like something right out of a sci-fi horror movie, a condition in which your brain turns into a cannibal. It starts to eat itself right inside your head. But this isn't the crazy plot of a summer thriller, she says. It's not even a bizarre new disease from the tropics. It's a real condition, and you could have it right now. Here it comes. New research shows how missing out on sleep can cause certain cells in the brain to start gobbling each other up, setting the stage for a kind of damage seen, what, in Alzheimer's disease and other brain-melting disorders. Okay? Like I just intimated earlier, your brain has its own sanitation team that gets to work on damaged cells, either making repairs or swallowing them up so they don't stick around and cause problems. So for the most part, when you get your sleep, the work crew goes to work and effortlessly, okay? And she has a whole thing on this and then what to do about it, and we'll get into melatonin and other sleep aids. But your brain has a... Lymphatic system, G-L-Y-M-P-H-A-T-I-C. We have a, a arteries, veins, and lymphs, and in the brain we have a glymphatic, which is a waste removal system, okay? It gets rid of cellular waste products. 
All right, very important. It only works while you're sleeping. This this system gets into your brain by piggybacking on the blood vessels in your brain. The G in glymphatic is a nod to the glial cells, and the glial cells are your brain cells, and, and they manage this whole system. And what happens? They pump cerebral spinal fluid. That's the fluid that's in your spinal canal through your brain's tissues. This glymphatic system flushes the waste from your brain back into your body's circulation, and from there, the waste eventually reaches your liver where it's ultimately eliminated. And again, as uh, Dr. Jerry Smith always says, your liver is a critical organ. The clincher is that this system ramps up its activity when? During sleep, thereby allowing your brain to clear out toxins, including a handful of proteins, these amyloid beta proteins, a buildup of which has been associated and linked to Alzheimer's. So during during sleep, this system becomes 10 times more active than during the wakeful hours, and simultaneously your brain cells shrink by about 60%. All right? Why is that? Because it allows for greater efficiency of waste removal. During the day, the constant brain activity causes your brain cells to swell in size until they take up over 85% of your brain's volume, thereby disallowing effective waste removal during wakefulness. Okay, so you have big, big cells during the day. You need them to, 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 to have the effective brain function. But at night, they shrink down, and when they shrink down, this system goes into place and removes toxic products out of your brain. So if you're not getting a good night's sleep, uh, you're, you're, not, you're not healthy because, ladies and gentlemen, sleep is not a luxury. Okay, it's essential for your good health. Well, you know, it's uh, interesting that you mentioned this uh, good friend of mine, Jerry Tennant, was in, in bed for six years because, unbeknownst to him, he, he invented LASIK surgery. And when he was teaching the doctors how to do the eye surgery on pig eyes, unbeknownst to him, the viruses from the pig eye actually got carried back over the laser beam into his body to the point huh. where, yeah, seriously, and um, wow. he was in bed for six years and he had two dogs. One would curl up around his brain and one around his spleen. And that's where the viruses were concentrated. And what he discovered in his research, he only had a, like a two-hour window where he had enough energy uh, uh, during the day to read something and, and you know, uh-huh. comprehend. When you don't get enough sleep, the cell membrane potential goes below minus 25 millivolts, which prevents the viruses from getting out of the cell. So lacking sleep prevents detoxification of the brain cells, and this is why it's so darn dangerous. Yeah, and and, and it, 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 it is associated with so many diseases of, the, of both your, of the, of the neurological system and the cardiovascular system. So it's Absolutely. really important, ladies and gentlemen, right? I'm sorry. Yeah, and the, and the gut flora that's uh, oh. uh, Marco Ruggiero is an Italian researcher, a brilliant uh, medical doctor, and he was basically saying that the flora in your gut, in your intestines, communicates through the lymphatic system, and it's part of your brain. I guess it's a, a Sopranos waste management <laughs> services that, up that in your brain. brain. <laughs> that, that's Dr. Perlmutter again. You know, he started yeah. that with the grain brain. I mean, he really, uh, he he really hit the nail on the head with that. He was right on the money. And that's and, why these and, people you know, deteriorate. Yeah, exactly. I mean, all this processed food and stuff, and then, you know, it's not sleeping. 
so yeah, we will we will talk about. I'm sure Dr. Smith will, and I will. We'll talk about some solutions to help you sleep. But I, I want to give you another reason why you you might want to sleep because. If you'd like to earn more money, the science has a simple solution to sleep more. It turns out sleep deprivation is not only bad for your health, it's bad for your bank account. This study showed that a third of American workers report they regularly get fewer than seven hours of sleep at night, leading to the loss of some 1.2 million working days and robbing the U.S. economy of an estimated $226 billion annually. This is a RAND Europe study. 65% 65% of Americans are losing sleep because of money, according to a recent creditcards.com report. Okay, if you get a full night's sleep, you'll have 5% higher wages. Okay, I mean, we can go into the numbers here, but it's really mind-boggling. You don't want to be a sleepless America. And if if, if the, the cardiologist really took good histories of their of their patients they will find that preceding a cardiac event they had a lot of sleepless nights they had nights when they just got up and and could not sleep and walked around the house and what have you so uh part of a good history for the cardiologist but a known fact for us that do all the reading and uh and and listen to our 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 friends and patients well you know it's also interesting you know if you have a dental problem a malocclusion and you've lost vertical height on your teeth, your airway closes off and you wind up with sleep apnea, which is a serious issue because you're getting lack of oxygen to the brain and you have period episodes where you actually stop breathing in the middle of the night. Huh, so so dental procedure. So den so this sleep apnea when they talk about the uvula and all that, it's it it it's more than that. Oh yeah, it's all I mean I had a a, a, a temple a student a couple of years back that I was doing orthodontics on, uh, redoing it, and he had a sleep apnea. And the, you know, the apneic study sh- you know showed he was marginal. Um, and but the bottom line was when I he had he had an underactive thyroid, and so I treated that nutritionally. And when I expanded his palate, okay, very gently, uh-huh. and and increased his vertical height, it literally opened up the airway and the, his sleep apnea disappeared. So think wow. about it. The, the the airway has smooth muscle rings that, you know, keep the trachea open. And so if you have an underactive thyroid, you got weak muscles and you can get a depressed airway. Uh, when your bite is closed and your maxilla, the upper part of your jaw, is narrow, that also uh, cuts off the airway. So it's amazing how it's all interrelated, you know. In some cases, it's... Uh, you know, too much caffeine, your adrenals get wiped out, you know, your body's constantly staying up because it's fight or flight. You know, there's many different causes, but one component is a dental, and, and if it's not addressed properly, you'll never get a home run. Wow, interesting interesting stuff. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not sleeping well and and your spouse doesn't say you're snoring all night and stopping breathing, which is a condition that it has to be uh, diagnosed in a sleep lab and and documented and there are you know a CPAP and other other devices for that really serious and that's why people with sleep apnea have strokes and heart attacks okay really important but if you're not getting enough sleep and you're getting up at night and you're walking around uh, there are some simple things you can do you know and uh, one thing is that we talked about it here blue blocking glasses 
You know, there's a blue light that comes out of your computer if you don't have a, a program like Iris Mini or to stop that blue light. Yeah, there's they're rarely inexpensive blue blocking glasses. And you know what? We forget that sun exposure and vitamin D are are, are critical to good night's sleep. Don't be afraid of the sun. We told you about that last week. And one other thing is is the mattress you sleep on. If you if you're not comfortable and you're out mattress shopping, please look for a, a coil-free mattress and box brand one without petrochemicals and off-gassing. You'll have to do some research. Uh, and we, the chiropractors, practitioners, and 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 holistic physicians. Uh, they, they they recommend certain brands. Uh, I'm not going to recommend brands to you unless you ask me, but there are brands out there beside the commercial ones you see on television that don't off-gas. Some of these mattresses that you sleep on seven, eight hours a night have toxic gases coming out of them. Okay, so now you're getting to sleep, but now you're gassing yourself. So I would recommend a, a, a good uh, non-petrochemical uh, mattress. So, Dr. Jerry, how about melatonin? Any experience with it? It's wonderful. It's absolutely, it's actually one of the most powerful antioxidants that the body produces, melatonin. It also enhances weight loss. Um, There's two reasons why everybody that's listening to this show should take it. Absolutely. I mean, you know, can't hurt. You better believe it can't hurt. But the interesting thing is you have the... The uh, N-acetyl uh, serotonin is actually the immediate precursor to melatonin, and uh, that activates the growth circuits and the brain. Uh, you know, so you can get better sleep, and uh, your mood will be better, and your circadian rhythms. You know, when people have um, jet lag or they're, they're out of whack with the you know the time changes, uh, a lot of times it's uh, melatonin deficiencies. I know when I travel, I always take the melatonin on the airplane, so that helps me get a good, you know, rest on the plane when I get into, uh, you know, Tuscany or wherever I'm traveling. Then I'm, um, you know, ready to hit the, uh, the road at 90 miles an hour. Yeah, and and, and Dr. Smith is right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, serotonin is a precursor of melatonin. Uh, I know that vitamin B6 strengthens melatonin production, also. So. Uh, uh, you know, if uh, if you're not really sleeping well and you're traveling, there may be some paradoxing along with melatonin. And zinc and magnesium enhance the formation of melatonin from serotonin. So it's really good to talk to your nutritional naturopathic physician and get your vitamins and minerals balanced because folate, B6, zinc, and magnesium help with that melatonin. And Absolutely. How about food, right? Yeah, I mean, all these processed foods that people are eating, uh, yep. you know, they taste good, but they're actually robbing your body of uh, essential minerals. And, and it's the minerals that act as natural tranquilizers, you know, magnesium, especially quiets down the nervous system. So, yep. you know, pumpkin seeds, delicious and good for you. You know, eating almonds has calcium, magnesium in it. it you know, the... Uh, Minerals in the celery, for example, you have potassium in the leaves. You know, how many people save the leaves of the celery? It's important. You know, squash, zucchini, high in potassium. Seaweeds, you know, you go to a sushi place, your nori seaweed, you know, loaded with minerals. Uh, Dulse is very high in potassium. So 
Yeah, it's out there. You just kind of have to change your taste buds a little bit, but it's well worth it. Yeah, he's right. And, and you know, ladies and gentlemen, there are foods that increase melatonin. Okay, besides complementing it, they will increase it. And tomato is is one, walnuts two, strawberries three, cherries number four, the old standby olive oil, and grape wine. Grape wine was a uh, this fellow from Atlant- Atlantis. Uh, who was that, Jerry? Uh, the the psychic from Atlantis. Uh, uh. Oh. Uh. It slipped my mind too. Work with his nurse. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he was a he was a proponent of grape wine. Okay, so so you you need the minerals, and you could eat certain foods while you're traveling, or to give you know before you go to bed at night. Uh, you want to avoid things that decrease your melatonin. Edgar Casey. Yeah, that's who it was. Casey, that's the one I was thinking of. Factors that decrease your melatonin levels. And one is a beta blocker, ladies and gentlemen. I'll talk more about that next week. They're, they're like giving out like candy to anything by cardiologists. They have lots of serious side effects. And non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, including aspirin, okay, suppress nighttime melatonin levels. Did your, did your doctor ever tell you about beta blockers and NSAIDs and aspirin decreasing your melatonin? I think you're only going to hear it here, okay, unless you do a lot of reading. So uh, nutrient deficiencies, again, I can't state that enough. The folate, the magnesium, zinc deficiencies, all associated, like Dr. Smith said, with lower melatonin levels. Okay, so it's really important you have a good vitamin and mineral supplement and a good holistic diet without processed foods uh, because everything really works together, right? Yeah, and not every melatonin is equal. Uh, So, you know, I found the liquid melatonin that we use from Premier Research out of Texas, and that seems to be very potent and very effective. Uh, you know, there's a lot of tablets or capsules, but, um, you know, over took me about 40 years to amass, you know, quality nutrients that really give you the most for your uh, investment, and this one melatonin, it works dramatically. So, again, you know, you may try something, it's not going to work, but you can't condemn all formulas that are out there. Right, right. Well, melatonin, as Dr. Smith said, it's, uh, that along with CoQ10 are the two most powerful, uh, 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 <laughs> geez, Jerry, this, this phone Antioxidant. is going to be crazy. <laughs> Antioxidants out there. And it's really important to help to help you sleep. I mean, if there's any one thing you can do is use the blue, uh, is use melatonin, but then use the blue blockers, and and uh, uh, you, you that that'll be a good start in trying to help you get get a good night's sleep. And I'll tell you, there's there's evidence out there that melatonin helps with depression and bipolar disorders. I mean, this is a great supplement. Uh, I mean, if you're traveling across any time zones, like Dr. Smith said, jet lag is incredible. And it's a, yeah. it protects your brain cells. It has that antioxidant effect on the brain, spinal cord, optic nerve, and spinal cord white matter. It helps with – I have articles here that say melatonin helps with brain regeneration and neuroplasticity. And here's something well, that's why, that I – Yeah, that, that's okay. why they downplay it. You know, they, don't, they poo-poo yeah. this stuff because they don't want the people to be healthy. Well, hear about this. How many times over the last six months have we talked about the blood-brain barrier? Right. I mean, many we, times. We, it, it, 
it's there for a reason. You know what? I have an article here, Jerry, that melatonin strengthens the barrier between the brain and the blood. Okay? And if you know, if you're having brain fog, ladies and gentlemen, you probably got a leaky brain barrier. And you've heard of leaky gut, you have a leaky blood, leaky blood brain barrier. Barrier. Say okay? it ten times. So, <laughs> <laughs> and write it on the board. <laughs> yes, sister. <laughs> Articles here, melatonin helps you recover from stroke. It helps with traumatic brain injury. So is is there any reason not to take melatonin, ladies and gentlemen? You know, if you're not sleeping, don't get hooked on the Xanax, the Ambien, and all these uh, benzodiazepines that could kill you. Absolutely. Melatonin. All right. Well, yeah, another interesting thing is, you know, when you have any structural imbalances like dental malocclusion, I just had a a young woman, a a physician's assistant, she flew in from Texas, and uh, the poor thing, she's been, like, debilitated. And why? Because in 2015, she had her root canal teeth extracted and her mercury fillings taken out, and they literally twisted her head. And so she had a lot of sleep problems. And one of the reasons is that when you have a structural imbalance of the bite, your adrenals keep firing. And the uh, norepinephrine, epinephrine, you know, they're catecholamines. They they keep you you up. You can't fall asleep. And that's one of the major issues that people don't take into consideration when you're looking for a sleep problem. You know, and then when your metabolism gets low, your thyroid kind of overworks, eventually that's going to poop out on you. And again, with a low thyroid, low adrenals, you're going to have some severe sleep problems. Excellent point. Excellent point. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, you want to avoid drugs that keep you up, especially coffee, okay? That's really important to avoid that. There's some people uh, that have that has been called nighttime hypoglycemia. In other words, their sugar drops at night uh, because they have too much insulin. Uh, I found that raw honey with gelatin or, or collagen, like one or two tablespoons before bed, natural raw honey, okay, with gelatin, it'll get you through the night without you getting up hunger, hungry and uh, wanting to go for food. Uh, yeah, these type of people, they need, you know, protein late in the day. Uh, sometimes, you know, if I, you know, working hard out or biking or whatever, uh, I'll eat some sardines, uh, you know, before bedtime. You know, this business, oh, you shouldn't eat before bedtime. Well, in certain cases, it's true, but if you've got a, a carbohydrate issue, eating the protein will keep your blood sugar up through the night and you'll get a good night's rest. Exactly. I, mean, I think, I think, you know, again, there's no one answer, but if you that if you fit that, that mold and you're, you wake up night ravenous, try some protein, try some raw honey and gelatin, and uh, and see how it works for you. Don't go That's through right. the drugs. How big? How bad can eating before bedtime be when I see the deer along the road eating grass at night before <laughs> when my way home? <laughs> Absolutely. Common sense. And, uh, yeah, follow, follow nature. Uh, That's I, I it. I on melatonin. My, 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 I don't think you should go above six milligrams max, and, and I think three milligram dose of melatonin. Uh, will fit the bill. Do you have any 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 idea on that, no, Jerry? No, I think you're right on the money with that. Okay, I I think that's important. Three milligrams at night, uh, a good quality melatonin made in the USA uh, by a good company, and uh, you know, and turn your Wi-Fi off. 
yeah, turn your Wi-Fi off. Uh, that is that is that is so critical, so critical to do. Turn your Wi-Fi off, and if you're going to look at your tablet or your phone, either get a blue blocker app or use uh, uh, glasses. Iris, First of all, yeah. nine o'clock. Don't don't after nine o'clock at night. Just turn it all off. Jerry, we covered a lot of a lot of material today. Absolutely, yeah, and we got a lot of good information out to the people. Yeah, I hope you, ladies and gentlemen, as I told you, you know, we're going to continue doing the show as long as you keep listening. It takes about ten hours of preparation to uh, bring you an hour or so of a show. We, there's a lot of time that we spend reading articles and and digesting them and, and bringing the information to you. Uh, you're not going to hear this on the mainstream news. You're not going to hear it in most of these medical uh, 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 with the newsletters that you get. Uh, we're trying to digest it and put it together for you so you hear it here on uh, Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored. Next week, ladies and gentlemen, please uh, spread the word. If you have any friends with the children that have any kind of disability, uh, to tune in next for next week's show with Janet Doman. I think you'll 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 be pleasantly surprised and have a lot of information and if you you know and have phone numbers that you can call for, uh, so that you can get more information. So um, I'm looking forward to next week's program uh, uh, and the, she's been brought to us uh, through Dr. Jerry Smith. So Dr. Jerry, life is too short to so drink the good wine first. And as Thomas Edison said, our greatest weakness lies in giving up. The most certain way to succeed is always to try just one more time. You know, when they asked him, do you ever get depressed or dejected? He said, no, I learned, you know, 25,000 ways how to not to make a light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you really think about that. Just, yeah, just you just never that. know. The next time you, you, you try, you may may succeed. <laughs> I, th- I think that's, that's, a, that's a great point. That's, a, that's yeah. an excellent point. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I, that that really, you know, it just happened to remind me. I see it on my screen here. Uh, that Steve Jobs said, "The most important decisions you make are not the things you do, but the things that you decide not to do." That's you know, right. You, you know, it's, it's really that goes hand in hand. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. With an attitude of gratitude, we're going to. Uh, put this show under wraps today. Uh, Dr. Dan has been away, uh, but we'll uh, see what he's doing for next week. Uh, he may have run into Dr. Doman, too, because he did practice for a while at Crozier Chester Medical Center. Uh, but next week's show should be really uh, interesting, fun, informative, and uh, we'll have a few jokes for you, I'm sure. Dr. Jerry, thank you so much. Have a uh, great week. And, uh, you too. We are, we're out of here. Take care. Dr. Ron and Dr. Ron have left the building. Thank you for listening to Rejuvenation Health Radio here on LockedTalkRadio.com. See you next week.